Welcome to Compression, the quest to $100 million in just one year. Join me, your host, Logan Freeman, in this one-of-a-kind interactive podcast experience where I am on a quest to compress three years of achievement and production into 12 months. And no, the answer is not to just work harder. I'm bringing you not only ideas and concepts that are complete at the theoretical level, but they're also effective at the applied level. Look guys, knowledge is not power. It is potential power. Knowledge plus massive strategic action equals power. We're talking about strategy, systems, accountability, all in real time. This is Compression. Here we go, another episode of the Compression Podcast. And, you know, Jerome, when I woke up this morning, it was raining and it was pouring down rain and storming all night long here in Kansas City. And, you know, I always thought that it was interesting, you know, how people allow, and I think we've talked about the weather a little bit on this this show before, but how people allow the weather to make them feel a certain way. It just, it still kind of boggles my mind on it's like, man, oh, it's a dreary day today. I'm tired. It's like, no, that's not how the world works, you know. Now, I do realize that people that live in Seattle and stuff like that that don't see the sun, there is a, an impact to that, right? But like, if you are in a normal four season kind of place like, you know, Kansas City and, it, and it's raining one day, you don't get to just like chalk it up as a loss and say, well, I'm not going to do anything, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, ring it in for, for the evening and, and just kind of, it's Friday and it's raining. So, you know, I'm going to let my okay, personality baby. be the, be that same way. It's just like, man, it, it's so funny how I, well, it's going to rain, you know, it's like, so, I mean, I was supposed to, like I was telling you, I was supposed to be on the golf course right now and, and playing with a, a prospective new, I think sizable uh, investor. And, and, you know, we had to cancel and it's like, dude, you just have to pivot, you know, and, and what opportunity, is God creating for me right now, since I have to pivot and move from one thing to the next, how can I make this moment, these hours uh, that I have back now uh, really count? And that got me thinking. And, you know, the kids are home from daycare today because they have some sort of in-service day or something. I don't really know what's what that is. But I mean, so I got to spend some time with my kids and Isabella is going to be on one of these next Finish Strong Fridays. She came in, she loves playing with the microphone and seeing herself on camera. She's like, what is this? You know? And I'm like, well, talk into it, babe. And, and she started doing it and she started lighting up. Like I could hear myself when I played it back to her. So, um, you know, just, I guess the, the, the point being, you, you know, just because expectations aren't met and that, that obviously led to my LinkedIn post this morning too, about the torrential downpour. And it's like, if expectations aren't met, what do you do? Well, you got to stay hard on disciplines and soft on schedules. You got to be like water. You got to just be able to flow. And uh, so that's what we're doing here. So I texted Jerome and said, hey, I got a little time here. Let's get the compression podcast in so you can get your afternoon back. And maybe I can grab another hour with my family this afternoon. So I appreciate you, Jerome. And it's uh, always looking for the, the lessons that we can learn through, you know, what's happening on a regular basis, man. So I'm happy to be here with you this morning. It's always a pleasure, man. It's been a roller coaster week, so <laughs> folks are in for a treat today, baby. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely <laughs> has. We'll start off. We are at sixty-eight point two million, so uh, we haven't quite hit the seventy percent mark, but sixty-eight point two million out of the hundred million dollar mark. Uh, and I'm I'm really proud to 
I'm always, I always say that I'm really proud, but that's one of the things subconsciously that I've trained my brain to say, Hey, you need to pat yourself on the back through Jerome's coaching and guidance. It's like, Hey man, you got to celebrate the win. So guess what? Last night we had a four to 5 PM uh, happy hour with our whole team, which, you know, it's hard to find tables at restaurants to go to now with this growing team. We used to just be three people. Um, not the case anymore, but uh, we went, went out and celebrated that win. But, you know, I'd say that I'm proud every single week. You guys have to listen to this. I'm, I'm a repetitive guy. I'm training myself. I'm training my language, focus, language, physiology, all three things of the triad I'm working on on a regular basis. So when I say I'm proud, it's not that I'm trying to boast. It's that I've trained myself to whenever I bring that number out, I'm proud of that. And uh, I'm trying to celebrate that because in the past six months ago, I would have said, OK, great. Where's the next one? You know, where's the next one? When's the next one coming? You know, and, um, you know, that's uh, one thing that we'll talk about today that Dr. Jeff Spencer talked about. It's not so much always going out there and making it happen. Yes, you have to do that. But you got to you got to let things come to you uh, just about as much. And so when you're overly aggressive, which I have been in the past and I probably still am. Uh, to some extent, I think that uh, you can get yourself into some risky scenarios. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do I overcome challenges? Where do I have to redirect time? You know, I had to cancel on Jerome yesterday for the compression or sorry for the Dreamcatchers uh, podcast. And so I have to get that rescheduled and we'll talk about uh, that as well. But I think the intention that you're going to get is this week was not an easy week. We had a lot of things happen in our business that were challenging. Um, and we're going to talk about those challenges this week. You're going to see how we're kind of overcoming these, how we're approaching them, um, and, and, and you know how we continue to, to still make sure that we're moving forward uh, despite uh, those challenges. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, Jerome. Uh, anything to add there, my man? No, we're just going to dive in, man. Yeah, I think the last thing that I forgot to add was we're going to do a review of my habits because you know, as I have my habit tracker here, there's 10 habits on a weekly basis that I'm, I'm writing down. And then I set a goal for the habits that I want to do, how many times I want to do them per week. And out of those 10 goals this week, I had a goal of 63 and I realize it's Friday. So I still have to do these things on Saturday and Sunday, but, um, you know, I, I mapped out the forecast to, to what I'm going to be completed and 62 out of 63. So I'm not really great at math, but I think that's 98 or 99% of the habits in, in the last couple of weeks have been uh, very similar uh, to that. So it's time to find some new habits. It's time to find some new uh, rituals to implement because the ones that I was talking about three, four, five months ago are in the routine now. And, and it's just a part of who I am. And so uh, we're going to do some stretch, uh, some stretching <laughs> on the habits today as well. So that's, that's one thing that you guys are going to get out of there as, as well. So I think this will be a very Add good another plate, episode. man. Put a, put a, put a five pound on each side of the, of the barbell. Let's go. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. So, you know, we'll do the habit thing here soon. I'll, I'll get through uh, wins, losses, and learnings uh, right now, and then we'll jump into uh, the habits. But success for me this week looked like this. This is what I wrote down. Living out the gospel, being a hero, husband, and father, sacrificing and not putting myself first, and in parentheses, putting my family first, staying focused on task and being positive. And I, I think I achieved that. Uh, very well uh, this week, which uh, I'm really proud to say, you know, Taylor and I have been in a little bit of a, a, a marital rut, I would say, just kind of, you know, you know, going through the motions a little bit, busy, tired, uh, you know, all the stuff. And so 
this week, we really focused on our relationship. We pulled out our old deck of cards from the bar that we've got here that it's called Love Language, and it's a, it's a deck of cards. Uh, we went out and had a couple old fashions on Monday night on our patio, and we went through about 25 or 30 of those cards and just reconnected. Uh, just took an hour and a half or two hours and just talked. Um, and so that was really big win for me was to refocus, connect on a deeper level than other than just physical and kind of just check in, you know, and see how each person is, is doing. So uh, that was a huge win, man. And, and one thing that I really wanted to focus on, we also had a date night and uh, we also made time for each other last night as well. So, you know, that's three nights out of the week that we were very intentional about putting our relationship first, which I think is, is really important. And we are back on the same page. And I always want to stay on the same page because when you're not, you, you know, I don't let it necessarily affect my business and my performance, but it's always in the back of the mind. You know, it's like, hey, what are your priorities? Faith, family. Okay, well, family's not feeling good. You know, what do you have to do to get there? And uh, this week, I think we, we did a really good job as husband and wife on, on getting back on the same page. So that was a huge win, man. Would you replace to make that investment? Because you had to reallocate time. Netflix. We replaced Netflix with talking. You know, she loves watching shows uh, together. And so I you thought don't. that was enough, but, you know, <laughs> that was not enough, you know. And so instead of sitting down on the couch and watching, you know, an episode of a show together, we, we decided to put the phones away and, and just focus on each other instead. So that we reallocated that time and only watched one episode this whole week instead of five. That's where the allocation of time came from. How do you make that a practice? Don't sit down in front of the TV. <laughs> I think it's so, pretty. I, for giggles, right? I, we don't have a TV on the first floor. So if somebody comes to visit us and, and we're sitting in the common area, there's no choice but to talk. Yep. Just to, you opt set up the environment so you have to go do something right you put the phone all the way upstairs in the bedroom on the far side of the bed so you got to go get it yep so that you get rid of the tv absolutely so that yeah. you got to go somewhere else to do it that's inconvenient and then you're opting into that activity versus having to opt out of it it's easy to just walk in flip it on and oh yeah it's on okay great yeah versus let me go to this place and sit down and watch tv Absolutely. That's a good press. I have a feeling that that TV is not moving out of that room because of the kids. And um, that would be a, that would be a big change. We have a huge TV downstairs, though, as well. And, you know, another one upstairs. So uh, good press, man. That, that, I'll bring that up to her and see what she has to say about that. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. Cool. Some more wins. You know, bringing on our marketing director. Allison is crushing it, guys. My time. Oh, my gosh. Our launches for new projects, marketing uh, in regards to graphic design and offering memorandums and active campaign and all of these things. I have literally gotten five to seven hours back a week. And uh, that is exciting. Now, it hasn't necessarily, I think that actually number will, will be tenfold because she's still onboarding, right? And so I'm still spending a lot of time with her. But even with that going on, she was the right fit for this role that's already giving me time back, even though I'm putting in 150% more time up front. So I can only imagine in two months when she's running at full speed, how much more time I'm going to get back. It literally could be 10 to 20 hours a week, uh, which I am just extremely stoked about. 
And so being able to spend that time building more relationships, because that's my number one profit producing activity, I think is going to be immensely beneficial uh, to our business. I mean, it is so exciting uh, to have her on board and, and uh, rocking and rolling and owning the marketing of FTW Investments. So huge win, huge win on that front. We, we started to utilize some text messages in our launches, which is really exciting too. So uh, I, you know, I see some other sponsors out there getting on the text game and ringless voicemail. I, I'm not doing uh, the ringless voicemail thing, but I am doing the uh, text message right now. Um, so instead of just sending emails, I'm getting in people's pockets, which is an exciting, uh, you know, exciting thing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, man. Um, all right. Well, we thought we were going to hire another executive assistant. And if you guys follow me on LinkedIn, you'll know that we posted our investor relations assistant. Uh, and I'm trying for that job. I, I, <laughs> it kind of kicked me out when I clicked the link. I was trying to get on, but it yeah, working. I, I put I put a qualification in there. And, and if you're overqualified like Jerome, you just can't even apply for that thing. So I'm sorry, man. That's just uh, not the right fit is what I put on on LinkedIn on there. But I'm stoked about having that role uh, posted because, again, what do we talk about? Getting time back, right? Eliminate, automate, delegate. And so I'm taking this into serious consideration and implementing that into our business. And so uh, we've got a couple of great applicants that we're going to start working towards uh, getting on board. I have no idea where they're going to office out of because we already are doubling up in every single uh, one of our offices. But uh, thankfully, we'll be moving into some more space uh, here very soon. So that was a big win, getting that position created and then posted on all of the, uh, the hiring boards and LinkedIn. So uh, I'm excited about that, man. Okay, uh, diet has been about 80% this week, which last week was about 20%. And so I flipped the switch on that bad boy and I'm feeling really good about my way in on Monday and um, I'm, or next Tuesday, sorry, uh, is when I weigh in every single week. And, and I'm really stoked about, you know, not feeling like I'm, I have any urges, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, it's like the things that I used to crave and want and all that stuff, I've, I've started to dissipate. Um, yeah. and multiple people have said, you know, wow, you know, you starting to lean out a little bit, you know, and I might not even be losing necessarily weight, but it's transferring and it's, and that's always what happens with me first is the weight reallocates itself on my body. And then it starts to go away, which I am, hey, I'm, I'm fine with, but clothes are fitting good. I'm feeling good. I'm, I got a lot of energy. Uh, I drank a lot less alcohol this week, which is a big win as well. Um, you know, and so had better sleep as well. So if you see me today, I look a lot different than probably last Friday or Saturday, whenever we, uh, when we recorded, because I feel better, you know, I feel better. And I told you guys, I was going to do that. And I just got to keep stacking, uh, those opportunities on top of each other. All right. We onboarded, uh, Insperity as a, uh, HR program and, and, uh, employee benefits. So this is a big win. I mean, We've got, you know, 10, 11 employees now, and they have access to some of the best health insurance, 401k and, um, you know, benefits as employees now. And that's a really cool iteration for our business is to say, we have the opportunity to provide these type of benefits for our employees. And that's super exciting. Um, it also gives us a little bit more flexibility for if and when, you know, our wives or, or husbands decide to you know, stay at home at any, any given time, you know, obviously I don't have a husband, but we have a lot of females that <laughs> work at our business. And so, you know, being able to utilize that, it's going to help us attract more talent. Uh, and I think that's just a really cool 
uh, thing to be able to offer to our employees. So I'm stoked about that. They're onboarded and, and rocking and rolling, man. What, um, what, what led you down that path? Cause that a lot of people see that as an expense, but I know you guys see it as an investment. I think it's an investment in our people. We want them to, we want to have a culture that we're pouring back into our people and giving them the opportunities uh, to build wealth, not only through 401ks and things like that, but also into our, uh, our projects too. But attracting the top talent, I think if you are getting to a certain level, you know, people that want to come work with you, A players, they need to know that their benefits are going to be taken care of. And so uh, for us, it was an investment, not only in ourselves, but in our business in the sense that we can attract even better talent and continue to compete with the larger firms because we were able to onboard uh, this HR program and, and platform that allows us to feel like a business with 200 employees when we really only have 11, which is really cool. I'm not sure there's a lot of small businesses out there uh, you know, doing that. Yeah, sure, it's an expense, uh, but what's the ROI on that expense? It's the difference between price and cost right? It, what does it cost me not to have these benefits? Not what is the price every single month? Yeah, sure. You know, we're pouring a lot of capital into that stuff. But if I look at allocation in, re in regards to investment, I can invest back into my business. I can invest in real estate. I can invest in education. I can invest in somebody else's deals. We're just deciding to invest back into uh, our business because I think it's going to attract even better talent for us. I think the... Um... The investment in the people, whether it's yourself or your staff, is the highest ROI you can get at this yeah. stage of the business. And, and they, they see that too, right? I mean, they, they're like, holy cow, that's, that's awesome. That, that's a great opportunity for us. And so uh, great feedback on that front as well. You know, hit 62 out of 63 of my habits. I know that I said that, you know, these are becoming a part of me, but these are also not easy just to always hit on a regular basis. So it's still a huge win to hit 99% of the habits that I was trying to, uh, you know, attract. And one of the things that I, I put on here every week is read and level up. And yeah, sure, I haven't read a whole bunch of text per se, uh, but I'm, I've, I've implemented, you know, the podcast and the Audible and, and everything that I need to. I'm reading more uh, memos. So if you guys see this here, I don't have books necessarily, but I got printouts of all of these uh, financial memos that I'm reading. I'm reading a lot of Ray Dalio, uh, changing world order type of things in regards to understanding cycles. And, um, you know, I've got all these books and I want to read them all. I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the, the lessons learned here is, you know, got to build that back into my time. But even when I'm, I'm running at full speed, I'm still able to get, you know, a book a month in through Audible and, and things like that. So, you know, I'm not worried. I, I was holding myself hostage on, hey, you haven't you know, picked up a book and actually read one here in a, in a recent time being, but I don't feel like I'm falling behind by any means because I'm taking in information by talking to more educated and experienced people. I've spent more time doing that uh, and I'm learning more from them than I, I probably could than you know, sitting down and reading four or five books. And I'm reading different types of, of text right now as well. You know, I've got my macro and microeconomics and stuff here. What I've learned through my five or six months of of studying is it's good to know how the world works, the financial markets work, but uh, anything on based on macro forecasting, all of the experienced investors um, just write that stuff off. But I needed the foundational you know, information. And so I still love to read that stuff, stay on top of it. But you know, just finding that right mix of the way that you're learning on a regular basis is really important. And I'm a, a, a audio and visual learner, uh, but I actually learn even better by asking questions. 
And so uh, I've implemented a new kind of uh, mentorship program with uh, uh, Ryan Smith of Elevate Capital has been gracious enough to, to meet with me for an hour every single month and uh, just talking about how he grew his business. By the way, he has 200 employees. He's working on his seventh fund, which is over 350 million of equity. And so I am, uh, I think that's what that, that number would be. And so I'm really excited to have that type of person to be able to talk to on a regular basis. And, um, you know, I'm learning through uh, experiences and that's not necessarily just uh, reading a bunch of text all the time as well. So uh, that's a huge win, man, is, is just finding that right mix for myself. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> so this is it's, it's interesting. So do you aspire to build a business that big? You know, he told me that he has 16 people at his core business and the rest of them are in the field. And so, you know, his model's a little different than ours. You know, he's mobile home park self-storage guy. And so he has assets in, I don't know, 15, 20 states. And so, you know, he's owning the management of that. I do not think that we will have that many folks at our uh, business at any given time. But what was comforting was, hey, we're at 11. He's at 16. You know, he's managing billions of dollars of equity. I'm not doing that yet. So from 11 to 15 people, I think we could actually continue to scale up without having to add more people to the core business. Now, if we do property management, we do construction, sure, there'll be another 25, 50 people. Uh, but I don't think we'll ever have, you know, 200. Do I aspire to, to build a business his size? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Uh, I think that we will. I think we're well on our way. Uh, and, it's, and it's inspiring listening to a guy who's already gone through that and is doing that at a very high level. And if you talk to anybody uh, about Ryan Smith, uh, it's only positive. And he works with his wife, by the way. Uh, his wife is his business partner, which, you know, that's in and of itself a huge win and, and incredible. So uh, Ryan Smith has conversations with guys like Sam Zell, though. Uh, Sam Zell wrote a book here on my, on my desk and is probably one of the most successful real estate investors of all time. Um, and Ryan Smith's mentor plays bridge with Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a direct line to some of the guys that I read and study and, and admire so much through Ryan. And uh, I think that is just so cool. So uh, I'm, I'm just really grateful for the time that, you know, he gives a young buck like myself and probably not going to get much out of what I'm bringing him other than him pouring back into me, which is cool. Ryan Smith's also the guy that debated uh, Alan Chang of Marcus and Millichap and Neil Bawa and won um, by a long shot. And so <laughs> uh, I thought Hunter Thompson was going to be bringing the fire on that. And Ryan Smith just, I mean, just was the, the, the killer in that, in that. And I said, where do you study? He goes, I don't, I mean, I study data and I read data, but uh, you know, where I get all my information is people. And so that's why that thread that I mentioned earlier was, was so uh, impactful for me this week. All right. So uh, we had two more wins that I'm going to add here. We celebrated. Uh, we sold our first deal ever as FTW Investments. That's a huge win for us, man. Exited uh, a property, small property, but, you know, it's good to start small on your exit. So you don't you get to learn on those before you get to the big boys. So um, going through that is, has been really great. And then we closed, you know, a 40,000 square foot office building. And uh, we own the office building that we're in now. Um, as well, which was which was just awesome, man. So the last win was our Parkview webinar. You know, I was trying to get over 100 people on a webinar. That's been my goal. And since we do have some partners on this, I don't think I can allow this to be a win. But 
um, on that front. But we did have 102 people sign up for our webinar and, uh, you, you know, raised 1.5 or 1.6 million in less than an hour uh, for our, our latest deal. And uh, with our 1031 exchange and one other 1031 exchange, that deal uh, likely will be done uh, next week. So a uh, huge win on the launch of our, our deal in Lincoln as well. So big week, man. Big week. Yeesh. Sold, bought. Well, I guess not bought yet, but close enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> New office space. Yeah, I'm with it. It's happening, man. So the losses, you know, I was not as prepared uh, for our sale uh, of our property, you know, in regards to a 1031 exchange. The structure of how we put projects together, you know, we have investors and they have the option to uh, roll forward or take their proceeds. And we were not as uh, prepared uh, as we needed to be on our options for our investors uh, on that. So uh, we are debriefing that and we're going through that. It's a very complex kind of structure and situation that we're learning about through our attorney and a tax accountant. But at the end of the day, man, those operating agreements that people pay uh, a lot of money to to get made and then people sign and never read, uh, you, you got to know them uh, whenever you go to sell properties because this is when it really counts. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that was a, a loss this week where we're not as prepared. We had not thought through uh, that process as fully as we needed to. What would you uh, change? Uh, getting in front of it, you know, the sale just kind of popped up and, you know, our closing date was, uh, you know, on the schedule, but we were so busy with everything else that, you know, it just kind of on a Monday, we were closing on Friday and we were like, holy cow, we didn't even have our 1031 exchange QI set up. So I had to get that done in an hour to make sure we could get our closing done on Friday. So I think what I would change is, is, is uh, we've, we've implemented a post uh, closing checklist, not only for new deals, but when we're going to dispose of deals and sell projects, we have checklists built now. We didn't have that uh, beforehand. And so uh, I would change just having more time and being more thoughtful and intentional about getting all the principals in the room, our team, and talking through all those things and, and not having to scramble and, and being prepared. The, uh, the next loss was in regards to I don't know if this is a loss, but when you buy value add deals, um, <laughs> you earn your fees. And what I mean by this is, man, this week we had an issue with a roof. We had an issue with a water main break. We had an issue on, on another property. I mean, we've got 1,100 doors now. We've got 25 properties. And one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is, managing all of that you gotta <laughs> you know, operate it man <laughs> gosh. and holy cow when you buy value add the value is what you do in operating and performing against that business plan and a lot of the deals that i see out there are not true value add deals it's hey we're gonna ride the the appreciation of rents because there's not enough supply and so they're just pushing rents because of the market and inflation and, and supply and demand not Hey, we got to go fix roofs, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, unit turns, uh, heavy unit turns. I'm talking seven to nine thousand dollars on six hundred and fifty square feet unit turns. So these are flooring, painting, appliances. You know, I mean, bathroom packages, knobs, uh, lighting, all of it. I mean, it is just not as easy as people uh, kind of put out there. And you know, the challenge or the loss is like this, man. I mean, everybody wants to to get reports back that everything's rosy and going great. 
but when you signed up to buy and, and to invest in this value add deal, getting to stabilization is not easy all of the time. And it's going to take uh, a lot of work and, and time. And so I'm glad that we've done a good job setting expectations uh, with him, you know, with our investors. But at the end of the day, you know, we're out there creating the forced appreciation through the value add, which, you know, um, when you buy properties that need work, problems come up and challenges arise. And we, we just hit like three or four of those all in this week. And, and so, um, you know, I think the, the loss being there is, is just like realizing, um, you know, what that looks like on a regular basis. And it's not easy. Thankfully we had the team to, to support that and we're doing it, but, um, it's not all, you know, cheesecake and cherries all the time, man. It's, it's, you know, you got to get through the muck and the slug and the, in the crap to, to get to the other side. And we're just going through that on a lot of projects right now. Don't tell people that then they're going to be scared. Supposed to just print money like a slot machine, man. Yeah, should be scared if they're, you know, getting into big deals and have no experience on that stuff. So, you know, the other thing well, I will say this, man, is, you know, you and I went back and forth on, you know, one of my projects that, uh, you know, has been a challenge and we've had to extend a few times on the financing side of things. And um, the loss here is, you know, we kind of got pigeonholed into a timing issue and, and only having one or two options to, to be able to get to close on the financing side. And I think our bank knew that and they keep changing the terms on us and keep pressing us a little bit. And, you know, it's a new relationship. It's a big bank here. Um, and we're used to working with guys that we have really good relationships with and, you know, can get things done quickly. And as you get to larger banks, there's more red tape, there's more bureaucracy, and there's more people that can say no to something. And so the loss here is, you know, not, not the loss of not getting to close because we will get to close, but the loss is simply, you know, when you, when you set out to do these projects, um, you know, you have to be able to have contingencies built in plan A, B, and C. Um, and you have to expect the unexpected. And unfortunately, on this project, you know, um, our bank just continues to, to change the terms on us, which, you know, with where there's really no uh, explanation for it, other than they gave us a term sheet to win the deal and then retraded on us simply like somebody going in to win a uh, a multifamily deal. And then 30 days later, trying to retrade for a million or 2 million bucks, you know? And so I think the loss here is, is, is that, you know, we needed to, to have either a better relationship with the term, the team that we were going with, or uh, have another option kind of lined up that wouldn't have taken us away from specific other things that we needed to work on to get this deal um, headed in the right direction. <laughs> so you know, you got to have multiple options. Like, I think that's the name of the game, regardless of how good your working relationship is. They've yeah. got to know somebody else is at the table because it changes their behavior. It absolutely does. So my learnings this week comes from Steven Schwartzman's book, What It Takes. You know, he's the Blackstone guy. And I love listening to guys like this because, you know, he just got started, left Lehman Brothers and started Blackstone. And, you know, obviously Blackstone's the largest private, I think, uh, real estate owner or alternative investment company in the world now, uh, or at least in the United States. But at the end of the day, he said this, man, as entrepreneurs, if you are willing to simply accept a challenge and a problem to fix that other people aren't, you will get rewarded for that. And I probably butchered the quote exactly because I didn't write it down, but it was that uh, thread. And 
when I think back to the value add deals that we're doing, you know, frankly, these are a lot of challenging, uh, you know, problems that we have to fix that other people weren't willing to kind of roll their sleeves up and do. And so the learning there was comforting for me because if Blackstone went through that in their early years, obviously, um, you know, we are as well. And, and I, I think that, um, you know, the size of the problem typically, uh, you know, has the size of the reward, but you got to be able to get through that problem and manage it the right way. So uh, that was a big learning lesson listening to his book. The, the next thing, man, here is the market is shifting and changing in a big way. And Scary, you know, man. it is, it is uh, you know, I don't want to use the word bubble because, you know, I think asset prices are sure they're high, but uh, it's the question always becomes compared to what, but it's going to be a challenge for us to continue to purchase projects in today's climate. And so the learning here is, okay, well, we need to work towards that self-sustaining business model of having ancillary income coming in. Uh, we need to look at different business models uh, to create profit in our, in our business when we cannot, you know, go out and purchase properties, um, you know, at terms and prices that we like, how are we going to make money? And so I think that we've done a lot of thinking on that and a lot of uh, implementation. And we've got a new team member, you know, starting on Monday that's going to help us with this as well. But, you know, the learning being that um, there's buying times, there's selling times. And right now it might be a selling time uh, for us. And so maybe we go and, and package up a few more of our properties and, and look to see what they might look like on an exit. So I think the learning here is just you have to be aware. You have to be aware. You have to have the pulse on the market of your business and you have to be in it on a regular basis. And thankfully, with all the offers that we're putting out, all the people that we talk to, uh, we're able to stay on top of that. And, um, you know, I just see the new challenge of, of getting deals over the finish line in the next, you know, five to six months. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy and, and that's okay. But at the same time, you know, we cannot get overextended and get ourselves into bad positions. And so um, that's why I'm pushing so hard on the legacy project and Parkview project, because those are good deals. Um, you know, we kind of got those deals before, some of these changing market shifts that I, I see happening. And we'll still pick one off every two months, but it's probably not going to be, you know, two every month anymore. And so, you know, in regards to hitting the goals and, and, and things like that, you know, it's going to have, we're going to hunker down, sh shift, pivot, and start uh, thinking differently and acting differently to make sure that we can still acquire a uh, really good property. So the question has really changed from, you know, Hey, what's your bread and butter? Okay. Now we understand your bread and butter how do you make that bread and butter stand out differently and still be able to, you know, uh, order that off of the menu. And, um, you know, you gotta be creative. You have to be creative. So that's a huge learning. I don't have an answer, uh, for that yet, but I will tell you, we're trying a lot of things. You know, we're trying new markets. We're trying different asset classes. We are trying, um, you know, different focuses in our businesses in regard to, you know, uh, getting different profit centers uh, created. Uh, we're looking at development. We're looking at franchising. We're looking at all of these different things that might be able to bring us, uh, you know, profit and, and revenue. But, you know, you have to stay in it and you have to understand that um, you can't see that from the outsider's perspective. You got to be inside uh, to do that. So that was just a big learning this this week. So outside of going into new markets, what are you, what are you actually doing? Because... You've got a lot of LOIs on the street. Yeah. Um, looking at new capital sources that are okay, not getting 15%, but okay, getting a nicer asset for 12 to 13%. 
um, because of the, the landscape that where debt is right now, if you have the right KPs, you can go lock in some incredible uh, low interest rate debt, um, which could make opportunities good. So asset classes, markets, different sources of capital, selling deals, and then looking at this development slash franchising model as well um, is all, all things that we're doing right now. Okay, um, you know, you put me up on game on uh, Jeff Spencer, and you know, I, I Jeff is a guy I've I've followed for a long time and just kind of forgot about a little bit. But Jeff got me thinking this week after I listened to him and uh, Lewis Howes, I believe, the one that you sent me over. You know, uh, maybe it wasn't Lewis; it was uh, Hustle and Flow Chart guys. Uh, it was the Hustle and Flow Chart guys that I listened to, and uh, it got me thinking about okay. You know, you're we're we're nine almost nine months in, right? We're eight and a half months in now, and you know, I uh, I'm thinking about you know goals for next year and what I need to be focused on. That's when I sent that text message to you, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna be okay for the rest of the year, but I got to start leveling up, and and I got to get four months, at least three months on my competition." It's not that I'm writing the, this year off. It's still going to be a push to get to 100 million. But how could I push myself to rise even higher? And that's what Jeff Spencer got me thinking about. That's why I wanted to talk about the habit tracker and things like that in regards to what do I need to do. And you, you sent me back a, a good message. We won't use numbers here, but you say, hey, I want, <laughs> I, want this, I want this number to be your floor. I have not reached that floor uh, yet, I, I don't think. You know, I honestly don't know what my income is because of, of where we will land with projects and things like that. What I do know is that uh, the floor is not going to be reached probably uh, this year that you mentioned. And the floor for all the listeners was seven figures, um, you know, and, and so at the end of the day, I've got to figure out how to make that my floor on a regular basis with the opportunity to working less. Uh, and I don't mean less in the sense of like, you know, hours, I mean, less on low value tasks. And so what I'm seeing myself do when I zoom out and watch myself from a Hawks position is putting people in the right shoes. So I don't have to do those things. So I can go focus on these higher level tasks. And we talked a lot about that, but I'm, I'm seeing the margin that will actually be created in the next month or two months. And so now the question becomes, what are those things? Right. And I always go back to deals and capital. And so, you know, I pose this question to myself. I'm going through a course right now. Um, Building a Mountain of Levers, Eric Jorgensen, highly recommend it. It's an incredible course. Eric's a Kansas City guy, and, and uh, we've talked about Naval Ravikant a lot on this podcast. But the question I posed myself was, after talking to Ryan Smith, you know, he doesn't take capital from big institutions or uh, big family offices. He works with guys and gals that have net worths between uh, five and $200 million. And that's his, that's his sweet spot. His average investment, I think you would be okay with me saying this, is over $350,000 into his business. Mine is $77,000, okay? So it's more than five times what, what our average investment is. So the question I pose to myself is, how can I build a schedule next year, or even right now, get started on it, where I can spend one week with 
one guy every single or gal every single week. So 52 weeks, right. Uh, that have a net worth of five to 200 million. And so that got me really kind of the wheels spinning on my, on my uh, leveling up and how can I make that happen? So don't have an answer for that, but what it got me thinking about was uh, a new schedule, a new way of reaching out to people and making that very intentional. Uh, but what I thought maybe we would do is me go through kind of my daily disciplines, Jerome, and see, you know, what new habits I can kind of create or at least brainstorm uh, to uh, help me rise to this next level, right? That I keep mm -hmm. talking about. And so uh, I'm going to read through these real quick. Uh, there's 10 of them. So bear with me here. Um, and this is personally and professionally, you know, being very raw and, and authentic with you guys. This is the things that I'm looking at on a regular basis. So number one, pray and spend time with the Lord. Invoke the Holy Spirit when tempted. Present, sorry, present and patient with my family. Putting my family first, sacrifice for them. Living out the virtues of faith, hope, love, prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. Making energizing choices in regards to my food, drink, sleep. Using my productivity system Monday, prioritizing and executing. Getting outside my comfort zone. Reading and leveling up. Get moving and working out. So those are my 10 daily disciplines that I have tracked, but I hit 99% of. Uh, this week. And so, you know where I'm trying to head, you know where I'm working towards, what I want to set up. We've kind of set the stage for that. I'd like to brainstorm some ideas on maybe some new disciplines that I can start, you know, implementing. So how, how do you want to approach this, man? Give me number eight again. Number eight is getting outside my comfort zone. Okay. Number nine was reading and I leveling. I got the others. Okay. Yeah, I got the Got it. Um, so here's the thing, and I think it's really interesting. You don't have anything on here specific to building a network. I don't. You're absolutely right. And so, you know, you've done so many things intentionally, and it's because you're an extrovert, the outside your comfort zone isn't it. Um, present with your family. But, you know, there's, there's nothing here that says I, I want to meet new people and, and create relationships. And it's neither good nor bad. It just hasn't been a focus for you. Right. So when I, when I think about what you've been able to do, I mean, I don't know, two years ago, raising a million dollars would have been a big deal. You just said you did it an hour and a half. Um, it's happened because of the person that you've become and the problem that you solve. But what if you were intentional about that? And so you've added it in the golf. And so that's creating some relationships, but you're not doing it for the relationships. You're doing it because you wanted something fun, a new challenge. You were right. elevating the game and the little white ball with all the green grass and hitting it with the lever right to That's get it right. to go to the right place and having different heads on the lever which give you different shots is just a metaphor for life in and of itself but what if there was a habit for you to grow your relationships or your network with 
a specific target group. Um, and this is this goes back to something we've probably talked about three weeks ago when I asked you, are you in financial services? And you're like, yeah, I'm in private equity. I guess that's the same thing, kind of same industry. Um, all the guys that I work with that truly see themselves as financial advisors or wealth managers, um, their whole game, their whole business, their whole practice is based on referrals. Right. right. And so now that you're having some exits, it's going to be very easy for you to ask those folks, hey, now that we send you a check, is there anybody else that should know about this opportunity? Because we've, we've got a full deal story to tell. And I think leveraging and harnessing that is going to be a, a huge opportunity for you guys to just blow up the network. Um, if you watch Dan Hanford do any of his keynotes lately, he always talks about what he calls the triad, right? No like and trust triad. I call it a funnel, but the thing about his talk is he says, when somebody trusts you, and that's because you sent the money, right? They gave you money, you sent the money back. When they trust you, then they refer you to other people and you fast track the no and like and go quickly to the trust. And so you're able to fill your funnel quicker through the referral network. But all of that to say, how do how do we embed expansion of network or some type of intentionality with meeting new people outside of maybe your 15 minute calls. And even the structure around that may shift a little bit, right? Because I think the folks who are higher net worth are in one or two camps, either I'm going to get to know you really well. And so it's high touch, but the check size grows dramatically or this is just like me sending money to Wall Street. So just send me the wire instructions because I already know that you can execute and we don't need to spend a bunch of time building a relationship. And which one of those paths you wanna go down, I think will determine the habit that we need to cultivate. Because you're not, because of the way that you structured your business, you're not looking for guys to come in and sign deals for you. Right. You know what I mean? You, that that's not what you need. You're you're looking for LPs who've got the problem of having cash and they need somewhere to put it. They don't want to put it in the market. And they don't have other operators. And I, I use that word intentionally. People who are actually operating. They don't they don't want to put their money with them. So, you know, from and you might not have the answer now because I mean this has happened in real time. But you know, which path do you want to go down? Hey, I'm treating this just like allocation into the stock market, or you know, this is the business that I I know the operators. It's it's high touch. There's some real engagement, and now I'm sending a 250 or half a million dollar check to these guys to do this deal, and it, but I, I can text Logan and get a response because you know those those are very different funnels and strategies. Yeah. I took a lot of notes while you were sitting there and some ideas kind of came to my uh, periphery. And one of them is, you know, getting a list, getting the people locally who do have that net worth of five to 200 million or whatever that is, you know, figuring out who those people are and making it an intentional reach out to meet those people. So that was one thing. Um, just figuring out who they are, right? I don't, I don't know 
necessarily who all these uh, people are. So I have to start from, you know, finding who they are. I, I think we can build the avatar very easily. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of experience doing that together, you and I, uh, you know, the brand script and the guide for those folks. But, you know, one thing that we're not doing right now, Jerome, is an FTW podcast. And what I think about Kansas City and the Midwest, yes, I could probably get that list and start figuring out how to, um, you know, meet with those people on a regular basis. But nationwide, what if I had a podcast where I was only interviewing people that had net worths of 250 or $500 million and had a really great, you know, almost a funnel on the show? Uh, because then their buddies are going to listen to it and then they're going to send that out to their buddies and now their buddies want to be on the show. So maybe there's an episode per month that we're interviewing. All three principals are interviewing them and talking about their pain points and uh, walking them through this process so other people can, can kind of learn about that. So I think there's a script or there's a show flow that actually pulls that stuff out for people that I cannot necessarily sit down with. What do you think about that, those two things? We got to figure out what the listen, what problem we're solving for the listener when we we create that content. And I'm not, I, I think a Kansas City centric FTW podcast makes a lot of sense. But what problem are we going to solve for the people who have the type of liquidity that they, they can push some capital into a few deals with us? I, I'm not sure about the answer to that question and there's there's a couple of guys who are doing this really well that i think we can look at what they're doing and begin to understand why they're doing it and then use that to um kind of as a model yeah for hours and then but i mean the choke point is this right everybody's looking for a place to put their cash everybody understands that the market is frothy Every uh, Brian Adams, you know, he comes up pretty regularly now, but he just posted something and there was some multiplier and it was like the highest it's ever been or something. Yep. And, you know, it's just like everybody's like watching and it's almost like there's a bunch of vultures like circling, right? They know that something's about to happen, but nobody knows what it is. And they're just trying to find a place to be under an umbrella whenever it rains. And so nobody has a crystal ball. But if we can create the content where people are getting some insight, because let's be clear, when, when your net worth is five to 200 million, you're not really worried about making more. You're worried about losing what you earned. Right. Okay. Well, that's great. I've got a lot of notes here. Um, I think there's a way that we can show people who maybe even haven't invested into commercial real estate. One, you know, why FTW, why commercial real estate, how it works, full deal cycle, what that looks like on a returns basis, and, you know, have the package uh, created, you know, have one document that has a page for each one of those things. Hey, here's a five pager that has answers these five questions. Why FTW? Why multifamily or commercial real estate? Why now? Uh, how it works full deal cycle, what you can expect. So I think that there's an easy way to do that and show that uh, the the value of it. But I, I'm just curious uh, how to get in front of these people on a regular basis will be the challenge or the 
the habit that I have got to create. Right. Um, and, and so that's a great push, man. I, I've got a ton of notes on this. I think that's wonderful. Uh, let me do some thinking uh, on this as well. Do some brainstorming and put this together uh, and then I'll go implement. But um, I think it's uh, it's a great start to, to network building. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to send you a link right after this that plays into this because the piece and this is secret sauce, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. The piece that's going to be super important on the backside of this is the experience. Yeah. Right. Because everybody, not everybody, the majority of folks who have made Wall Street the bad guy are on the same path. Right. They're saying, oh, well, your money's in Wall Street. It's at risk. Da, 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 da. Now we're educating you and showing you that there's an alternative to that. But the experience is the difference. Right. Absolutely. Experience is what makes them convert. And I I just listened to a phenomenal podcast earlier this week that um, talks about experience. And so we'll just, we're going to put that on the back burner. We're going to let it simmer. But as we're, we're thinking through this and we begin to curate the content, I think we want to sprinkle in some of this experience stuff so that it, it flows seamlessly. All right. In real time, I am taking pictures of my notes adding them to my productivity system to bring up. And there we go. It is on my weekly top three. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. And I just saw you send me the, the text at that. So I'm going to get into that as well. What else uh, do you see on here that I'm, I'm missing or should or need to um, add? And, and I'm not asking that in the sense of like, because I'm a big guy of simplify, right? So it's not like, sure. You know, and I don't, I don't want to add too much too quick. Uh, I think these things are great. Uh, and I don't hit them like this every single week, but uh, I don't think some of them need to remove. But, you know, I think there's three or four there in the first five that probably can become one <laughs> or two. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've kind of got family on here twice. I've got my faith on here at least three times. So right. I think that uh, maybe I can combine a few, a few of those, add the network building component. Um, on that. So like moving towards this network component system, our network building system, but like, what else do you see, if anything, that needs to potentially be added? Or should we wait until I start implementing the network building to uh, add any new habits or daily disciplines on this front? Well, I just at a a philosophical level, you said you want to focus on, on your physical health more, right? Yeah. You, you're doing aluminum, you're, you're monitoring sleep, you're doing all these things, right? But food and workout, diet and workout are, aren't in your top five. So how are you going to move those to apex performance level yep. so that your, your body can handle all this stuff if it's not in your top five? I, I just, I think it'll be okay, but I, I don't think you're going to get the outcome that you are seeking. And so there's going to be this turbulent roller coaster ride type of situation. If we don't prioritize those a little more. Um, And I, I believe in doing those things. And if there's a way to do those two things and incorporate the networking with it, although we tend to network and do make poor eating choices. Sure. But if there was a way to kind of wrap those together and, Maybe in, instead of working out at home, you, you work out at uh, 
my friend Brock calls it the gym, but I, I don't think it's actually a gym. I think it's a country club. Yeah. Right. It, you're putting yourself in these situations where those folks may be hanging out, right? Richard Wilson really talks about, you know, being where the people are and just you you bump into those types of conversations, just like you said at the golf course. And yep. so if there is a way to adjust the way that you're doing those two things, since they're at least front of mind for you, I, I think it, it would be good at least for the next quarter and, and see what type of results we get at the quarter, end of the quarter and see if we need to stay intensely focused on it or if we can put it back to the side and, and go back deeper on some of this other stuff. So I have on my daily disciplines, make energizing choices, which is super vague, super vague. Um, and I have get moving and work out. I have no problem right now getting seven to 10,000 steps per day. So um, that's kind of just routine uh, for me. So anywhere between 65 and 75,000 steps per week is what I'm getting in. Um, so I have those two on here. I think what I like what you're saying is, you know what? I've been, I've, I've been going to and evaluating all these country clubs around me. You know, I live in a, a decent area of town and there's four within five to 10 minutes of me. It's a crazy amount of money to pay for an initiation fee, but they have golf and they have workouts. And I'm curious to know if doing that, um, going to the country club, playing golf, one time per week with one of those guys, members, right? I can go on a member kind of meet up or whatever, go into the events, but also showing up to that country club and working out uh, two times per week as well, instead of just working out of the comfort of my home, uh, couldn't also help the network building piece as well. I did not connect those two um, until you said that at all. So I wrote down, uh, figure out the country club and work out there uh, two per week. And maybe, just maybe, you know, paying this initiation fee, which has been my mental barrier because uh, it's twenty to $40,000, guys, I mean, to join a country club. And I know that sounds like a lot of, like, money up front because it is. Um, but I land one new investor or two new investors from that. I, it just, it just, boom, there it is. So um, I've kind of put it off. I think that uh, doing that will get me not only around the right network, it also maybe I can pick up a trainer at one of those and push myself a little bit uh, harder on the on the fitness thing as as well. Um, that's a great push, man. That's that's incredible. I that's why we do this, guys. I wasn't even thinking about that type of stuff, and um, just little tweaks in my schedule uh, during the week could could yield massive results. So um, I think that's good on adding. <laughs> uh, let me figure out what I need to do in regards to the network building, put some sort of framework around this. Doing a brain dump will be my first step. Um, and then, you know, maybe making a, a mind map around that and then figuring out how I actually go implement that. That's probably the first step. I'm going to rely on my team uh, on that. But the second one, uh, I can figure out the country club, uh, the workouts and all of that. I'm playing enough golf now that it probably makes sense to do that anyways. Uh, it's hard right now, it being August, joining a club right now because, you know, um, you know, we won't be able to play golf much for the rest of the year. But, you know, each day oh, I, I, everybody's inside, right? Everybody's inside. 
the opportunity. Part of the reason you're doing it is for a big part of the reason is for the network, right? And so there's there's opportunity to meet more people because everybody's not spread out. And you know, just just keep that in the back of your mind. And the other piece of it is, and it's a business expense, right? You're you're going to be able to to push that through the business. You, you, I believe you're going to make more money this year than you've ever made, and so yep. that's going to create some tax issues. And so if there's a way to get some of those profits down and still invest in the business that it may be worth it. Okay. That was extremely helpful, very actionable and tangible. Jerome, I very much appreciate all of that. Gave me a lot to chew on and, <laughs> and to go implement. So I'm going to close us out guys with a, with a quote uh, this Friday. And you know what? I'm going to, you know, Actually, Jerome, do you have a quote that you wanted to to use for this week that might be a good kind of uh, finisher here for us, man? Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I, we talked. We didn't record it, but you, you know where my mental state is right now with today. And so it, my friend Devin brought me a CD back in 2005 when I was sitting in the wheelchair and it, it was Kanye West's late graduation. And so this morning while I was running, I, I listened to Kanye <laughs> and uh, one of the quotes that jumped out for me, and I don't even know if it was on an album, but it's nothing in life is promised except for death. And it sounds morbid, but let's be clear, we have to go out and we have to create on a daily basis if we want our life to happen. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, then we're going to be left with a bunch of things that we don't really desire because it's not what we were seeking. And so for you all who are listening and hearing this guy implement and execute on a weekly basis, you got to be doing the same thing. It doesn't do you any good to listen to this and get all hyped up and jacked up and whisper, hey, here's what he did. You got to go live your life, too. The only thing that's promised is death. The dash is all on you. And I think you can go out and make an amazing and phenomenal life for yourself. Memento Mori. I appreciate I that. That's absolutely right. Well, thank you all for joining in for, I think, one of the most tangible episodes we've had in a while. Uh, I think it's beneficial every couple months to track those habits. Uh, Jerome will keep me plenty accountable on that. It's like right now, you don't see clearly until somebody wipes the mist off of your sunglasses or your glasses, right? And uh, or gives you a new pair. Um, and Jerome just gave me a new pair because in my head right now, I'm like, why have I not done this? I've, I've literally played golf like three times per week for the last two months. And I'm keep telling myself, okay, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait when I know I need to be playing with people that are already at those places. So I said the list, right? I said, I need to find the list. Well, guess what? Those country clubs have the lists built in. Those guys have built net worth of five to $200 million. That's, I mean, they're not a part of a $40,000 initiation fee for a country club if they're not. So um, I'll start there. I, I got the, 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 the fog, um, you know, wiped off my glasses. Jerome, thank you so much. Memento Morum. Uh, go enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you guys for tuning in to another 
episode of the Compression Podcast. Love hearing the stories of shares and everything that's going out there. Stay tuned for an awesome little episode with uh, my little baby girl, Isabella. She's going to be coming on the show here pretty soon, and we will get Taylor, the other side, the better side of Logan Freeman to join uh, very soon. So I need to keep uh, that on the forefront as well. Have a great day. Till next time. I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Compression. My mission for this show is to do my part in helping you crush your limiting beliefs, rise above mediocrity, and live as the best version of yourself. If you feel inclined, please share this show with someone who could benefit, someone who needs to hear this message. As always, please leave us a review wherever you're listening and connect and engage with me on LinkedIn and head on over to compressionpodcast.com where you can subscribe. And when you do, you're going to get access to my live goal tracker, resources to download that will help you along your own compression journey, and you're going to be able to stay up with the episodes. Until next time, we'll talk soon.